conferences, long agendas, big venues, always on your feet, barely getting to see the people that you want to see, and then, of course, the expense. Well, the three of us at Good Morning Hospitality are launching Good Morning Retreats. Our first retreat is this July 8th through the 10th at the Horse Hospitality Training School in Auburn, Alabama. If you go to goodmorningretreats.com, you'll find out more information about our first retreat that we're launching. We have already filled half the slots. We have 20 available and we have about 13 already filled. So make sure you go there, you apply, show your interest, and we'll get you all situated for our first ever Good Morning Retreat. Thanks so much for tuning into the podcast. And now, back to the episode. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. And good morning. Good We're morning. Back. Hello, hello. We have our new co-host today. It's so exciting. I know. I'm Such so excited day. to be here. And then we got Brandy. <laughs> it's like all the listeners are going to be like, whoa, there's somebody else's voice other than Will and Michael about damn time. <laughs> Ain't good. <laughs> I am pumped. How you, was... You're back from uh, gallivanting around the world, aren't you? I am. Yeah. I I have. Uh, I will be in the United States for the foreseeable future, but that future could just be like a couple of weeks. You never know. <laughs> you never know, especially with you. It's uh, always like, what's next? When you're Forbes thirty under thirty, <laughs> yeah. the world is your oyster. Yeah, Seriously. yeah. I have like in two months did like a, just a wild amount of travel. I guess I'm making up for last last time through COVID. So it was definitely a lot of fun. I got a nice. Well, how's your? Ex- How's your experience with like the expat remote work type experience? Was it yeah. good? Um, well, the I was when I was in Portugal, I was trying to do like work from working from there. I did like three days. And I mean, it's fine. It's just when you're in Europe, the time difference is difficult. Um, so I think if I was to go do that for a longer period of time, I'd have to kind of rework things. But for a couple of days, it was, you know, whatever I can do to stay on vacation longer I will do (laughs) yeah that's a good point I think the remote work trend is really geared towards freelancers and or developers yeah like front of office business units it's just not good for unless you're willing to work terrible hours yeah exactly like my days are like it's just a full calendar block meeting after meeting so doing the like yeah it's not super fun taking calls at like 9 or 10 p.m. <laughs> yeah, especially when you want to have like a drink. Settle, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Like how sober uh, do I need to be for this meeting? <laughs> I love that. I love that. Well, uh, outside of your, your travels, how was everyone's weekend? Good weekend? You know, rested, ready for a, a great Monday? Or we, uh, we're going to, you know. 
Go for it. Yeah, I just relaxed. It was a low-key weekend, ordered some takeout. I've been going a lot, like we just said, so it was nice to just kind of chill out. <laughs> for sure. Same old, same old for me. Nothing uh, crazy or exciting. You and the boy doing some uh, some three throws? Or Man, what, we, guys, what was going on? We touched on all the sports. We, we played a little baseball, a little volleyball, a little basketball. Did some soccer this morning, so... Dude. I'm excited. I'm signing him up for three-year-old soccer today. So his first little organized sport. I love uh, that. Michael, I have a little a little bone to pick with you, actually, or more of a question. I heard on a podcast you did a couple weeks ago that you haven't checked a bag in like 10 or 12 years, but you have a child. Are you telling me that when you've flown with a kid, you've done all of that and just a carry-on? Seriously? Yeah. <laughs> You can game check a stroller, so that'll be the one caveat. Oh, my gosh. I heard that, and I was like, there's no way. There's no way. But okay, okay. That's impressive. Two-week-long trips, whatever. It doesn't matter. Seriously. I I just went on this trip to Europe. I came back. I had, like, a higher luggage allowance on the way over, so my suitcase was pretty heavy, and then I – maybe smuggled back a lot of wine and i had it was uh, an expensive suitcase <laughs> well hope the wine's worth it <laughs> yeah me too <laughs> yeah i yeah i can't do a check bag i checked the only time i've checked a bag was when i moved from seattle to, to uh, denver i did like two of them because it was free so it's like why not why not made it easy on the moving costs but yeah no check bags for me either I i'd be too scared to check one right it. now that's yeah, true. Especially right now. Yeah. Which we'll get into later in this episode. But uh, I know we have a lot to cover because there's a lot that happened last week. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, let's kick it off. Story of the week. Yeah. I was going to say story of the week. Let's say hi to grandma and, uh, you know, hit it with a bang. I don't know what I'm trying to say. I need more coffee. So let's go. <laughs> This week, software giant Muse uh, out of Europe, mostly in the hotel space, but does do a, a good bit of short-term rentals and a growing amount. They launched what they call Muse Ventures, which will be funding early stage companies uh, in the hospitality space. So I partially love this and I partially hate it. Uh, I'll start with why I love it. They have data on who's using what softwares the velocity of the software uh, that's growing within their ecosystem. So they know, you know they're integrated with however many different companies. They know the adoption rates, the trends where people are going. So I like it. They can kind of see things before they happen. I don't like that they are VC funded themselves and now turning into a VC shop. So it, it kind of, if I'm an investor in them, I would rather them focus on their business than focus on investing. So part love it, part hate it. Super cool to see though. Excited to see where it goes. I still love you, Richard and Matt from Muse. I still love it a lot. <laughs> I, I love it too. I, I'm just saying if I'm an investor, I'd be a little yeah. bit uh, worried as why you raised so much money to go deploy my money. As venture yeah. investments. Yeah. I mean, a venture investment uh, horizon is going to be 10 years, right? So 
you think that they probably got approval from their investors before launching something like this, right? Like if they've taken on that much money. They're probably sitting on a pile of cash and they're sitting on some great data so they could tell that story to the board and the board approves it Mm -hmm. Um, without having all that insider knowledge as an outsider. If, if I'm giving, you know, millions of dollars to this company, I'd rather trust that I'm the better investor than the company that built the software company. It's, it's kind of like a fast forward button for the two founders because you, know, you exit a software company, then you go become a VC. Yeah. yeah. Now they're just like becoming a VC and still having a software company. So um, very fascinating. I don't know of anyone else that's kind of done this. I mean, you, you Airbnb had a bunch of investments, um, but I guess it could be a little bit similar to, yeah. to Airbnb's investments. That's what came to mind uh, initially. But me. how many of those really worked out for Airbnb? Yeah, that's... Hotel <laughs> is one, right? Yeah. Everything else didn't work out. Um, yeah, it seems like a risky play, you know, especially you think that they would get that investment to focus on their core competencies, but mm-hmm. I suppose we'll see. Yeah, yeah something I mean, to keep watching. Is data, right? Like, I, I do think it's cool that they can be kind of on the tip of the spear of, there's a new pricing company and they're growing like crazy. We need to get on their cap table and then we can open this up to the rest of the Muse portfolio. They're basically potentially building a closed ecosystem um, on their own without kind of a private equity roll up. So yeah, uh, I, I like it better from a, a PMS play than I do, you know, Airbnb investing in companies. Um, but still feels a little weird uh, having a venture arm inside of a venture backed company. Yeah. Well, it's good for us because then it's more stories to follow for, for later to see <laughs> what, what's, what's trending. So I'm, I'm down for it. Keep it up. Please invest more so we can, uh, you know. I'm also yeah. very curious what types of investments they'll do because if they're, if they're writing in like first right of refusal clauses for acquisition, that's that's pretty interesting too but uh early days i haven't seen any of their contracts or seen any of their acquisitions or or investments so we'll find out we'll find out but speaking of data um more funding coming into the space which uh is exciting and we'll announce with the first one that we saw last week uh key data secured an additional five million in funding so congrats to that team uh and it's just, it's funny to see, you know, I think Michael, you and I a couple of times or a couple of weeks before keep mentioning, we're seeing more and more M&A activity rather than funding. And then all of a sudden last week, it felt like we just saw a lot of money coming to the space. Um, so yeah, very, very A lot of it's concentrated see. though. Um, there seems to be a hunger for, for data and pricing. So this week, key data and also Price Labs. If you want to pull that one up, Price Labs pulled in thirty million, um, but just no no small amount at all for. It's, it's not small. It screams to me there's probably growth equity more so than venture capital. Um, but growth equity is what uh, Beyond Pricing did, however many years ago. We also saw earlier this year Transparent and AirDNA sell Wheelhouse. Um, brought in some money. So there's a trend of, of data 
being there's big appetite for companies mm-hmm. wanting data and, and investing in data. Uh, you know, you haven't seen too many investments in uh, property management companies this year, as an example. Oh, yeah. not, not shockingly, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, I, yeah, I say- Picasso and Saunders stock t- stock uh, tickers aren't really making investors clamor for, for property management companies. Yeah. Let's yeah. say, Brandy, what's your what's your thoughts and feelings on on all these like <laughs> all the funding coming into providers that potentially you know property management companies like yourself uh, use? Yeah, I mean, it's great. I love seeing that you know vendors are obviously they're going to be improving their products. So if you know one of those vendors uh, is one that we use, and um, you know, so obviously love seeing like our. Um, you know, our partners do well and that in turn helps us do well. Um, I hope that the appetite for investing in property management companies comes back, uh, obviously, <laughs> selfishly. Um, and, you know, of course, like Sonder and Vicasa just aren't really helping our case right now. Um, but, you know, there's time. I think for, if you can show that you're profitable, then those property management companies will be able to to get that funding soon. Yeah, it's, it's a theme we've, Will and I have talked to, about a bunch on this show is like this year more so than any of the past eight years I've been in the space. Like you have to be profitable. Yeah. The, the funding isn't dried up obviously uh, as some of the news this week, but it's a lot more selective. It's not, there's not sprinkles getting passed around to everybody everywhere. Yeah. Uh, you need a, you need a solid business case and you know, these pricing companies have, have proven it. And, and it helps that Transparent and AirDNA sold earlier this year. So guess mm-hmm. what? There's, there's buyers out there for this kind of information. So that definitely helped key data, probably more so than Wheelhouse and Price Labs. But nonetheless, I mean, they're all data plays. So it, yeah, uh, it's um, the data portion. It's sometimes it's difficult to aggregate all the data that you have. So having yeah. these systems that can make it easier instead of having to kind of put your own system together is incredibly helpful. Yeah, it's, it's one thing to have the data, but it's another thing to actually learn how and figure out how to use it and diagnose it and cut it up in different ways. And you know, some companies don't look at data other companies have paralysis because of data and there there's just a middle ground that you know hopefully these companies are able to help people with um just trust us we're the professionals you guys handle handle the turns and the operations of property management yeah that's why it was really interesting and you know we I think we announced earlier last week or the week before that Jamie Lane, the VP of uh, research and data from AirDNA is going to be joining us every month. Um, it's because like after he and I, we had a beer a couple of weeks ago here in Denver and just getting to hear that, you know, it wasn't a conversation of just numbers where I was like, damn, what the hell is he talking about? Like, but he really can take it into a real application of the industry. And the cool part is, is that we can dive into more hotel and short term rent rental data outside of just focusing on like hosts, right? Like I think we, we hear a lot of talk about hosts in the news, right? When it comes to Airbnb articles or whatever, but the professional managers usually get more left out. Um, so hearing like the data behind both hosts, management companies, professionally scaled operated uh, brands. Um, it's really cool. 
it's it's nice that it's not just a bunch of numbers and graphs that I don't really know how to follow all the time. <laughs> yeah, so, data is pointless if you don't know how to to read it yeah. or understand it or apply it. Hundred um, well, percent. We we touched on I touched on Airbnb on the ventures side, and Will, I know you kind of do property management, but Brandy's much more of an expert in this segment. So hundred percent. I'm excited to hear Brandy's <laughs> take on this next article that, uh, that Skipped put out. So Airbnb has increased their host cancellation fees tenfold. First of all, yeah. is that true? Because that seems outrageous. I literally just heard about it when you sent me that article this morning. And I mean, it came out this morning. Um, I have a lot of thoughts and feelings about this. Please, yeah. um, so I think, you know, I... I know that recently there's been a lot of big publicity about hosts like canceling for no reason, like one minute before you're going to check in or, you know, whatever. I would be first curious to know like what the actual percentage of those kinds of cancellations are. Like, obviously that's a more juicy news story and that's going to get more people's attention. But how often is that really happening compared to like a legitimate cancellation, like, you know, the, a pipe burst or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, so I understand that Airbnb is trying to do some damage control. Their reputation is taking a hit and this is their response to that. So I get it from that perspective, but every it, it always seems like it's a war against the hosts, which are the supplier of their product. And so, you know, I, okay, you're giving something for the guest, but like, how are you helping the hosts more? And from my point of view, like the host, the, I'm sorry, Airbnb and the guests just like, have you like have you cornered you're so dependent on reviews and any little thing the guests can get refunded for if a guest trashes a room honestly we rarely get that money back you know and it's a such a laborious process to go through it's sometimes just not worth it for an operator like on, on our on our scale if you're smaller i can i can see that it might be worth it um but there's something simple like the changes to the Superhost platform, we've like it is incredibly difficult for a large operator to maintain that status. Even if you break up your accounts into smaller accounts or however you want to do it, um, you know the the requirements are very difficult to you know fall in line with sometimes. And there has been I, for years we've been asking for this as professional hosts, even as you like move up in terms of size, there really isn't more support for you. And so if you're going to start ad adding all of these, you know, other kind of penalties or rules, like help your suppliers out and, you know, people that are contributing hugely to your revenue. I think about the amount of money that we send Airbnb every month in commissions. And anytime I see this, I mean, obviously we're always trying to, you know, increase our direct bookings. But when I see this, it just makes me even more determined to lessen uh, the amount of money that we give them every month. You you mentioned it's a war against hosts. That might be dramatic, but... <laughs> well, no, I, I, I think that, I, that's I, a I trend don't... that's gone on for a long time. But yeah. what jumps out to me on this one in particular, it's usually a war against professional hosts. Mm -hmm. Professional hosts aren't canceling day of. Unless there's like a very legitimate reason. Yeah. It happens. And they more or less. It happens. And they, and they have a property to relocate them to. Sorry. I was just going to say they have, have real inventory to actually make up for it. They don't just cancel and say sorry. 
it it happens more often in a hotel that you show up and you're they're fully booked than mm-hmm. in a professional management company canceling day of. It just doesn't happen. So I think um, for the first time, Airbnb is actually going after the 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 segment of the host population that they tout and that they believe in and that they you know want to aspire to be. And this could be an opportunity, Brandy, other property management companies out there to beat the drum and say, Airbnb, this isn't us. Like, you know, yeah. we have data. We haven't canceled a single booking in two years. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I, it's, it is funny. This is, you're right. Like kind of the first time that the kind of mom and pop hosts are getting hit a bit more and, I just, you know, also reading through that article, it seems very subjective. Like you can go and appeal it and there's different rules. And I also think that it's kind of crazy that we found out about this through a Skift article. Like all, I mean, I don't know. There's so many emails that you, if you're a host that you get from Airbnb, but this should be, things like this should be very, very clearly communicated to their hosts. Um, Like, you know, if you're an enterprise client, like we have an account manager why was that not communicated? <laughs> and uh, so I think it's, you know, if you're going to start, if they're going to start implementing these new changes, get everybody on board, have some buy-in, explain why you're doing it, not having people find out at 7 a.m. from a Skift article, you know? Right before they well, go live on the podcast. Yeah. It's consistent <laughs> with Airbnb, though. Like, the their whole, and they'll, they've openly said this many times, like, they're a PR company. Mm-hmm. They're a PR machine. They will do anything for a headline that gets them in the news and gets them, you know, their brand out there. And that's that, like plain and simple. Yeah. Brian Jeske sending a hundred million dollars on stopping party houses. Where'd that money go? Yeah, it's a great headline. Yeah. Great headline. And, you know, from like a business perspective, from Airbnb's perspective, I understand why they do all of this. It is frustrating um, as as the years have gone on that the relationship is not like that one, like one of partnership, but one of like, we are the keys to your revenue and we're going to do what we want and you don't really have a choice. And I know there's many operators that are solely reliant on Airbnb. And so they're like, yeah, I guess I don't really have a choice. So I just think it would be, you know, if they're going to implement these changes, do so in a way that feels more collaborative or, you know, at least attempt it. They're good at PR. They can, they can spin something that makes you, you know, give a little bit bit more buy-in. Yeah. And, you know, we've, probably a lot of people are really harsh on Airbnb. They send bookings, right? That's their job, Mm -hmm. send bookings. It crosses over into not good when they control payouts, when they don't, when they don't allow their property managers or property owners to control the funding on their own property. Um, So there, there's some things that I'd like to see them tweaked, but at the end of the day, they do a great job of doing their job, which is get people bookings. Yeah, no, they do. Yeah, they're great at that. And so I think for bigger, for you know, bigger operators, it's kind of figuring out how you diversify your income streams and where you're getting that revenue from, and then just looking at the changes. And you have to adapt to them because you're not gonna like me writing a strongly worded email to my account executive isn't really gonna do anything. So um, you know, you just have to adapt and. 
uh, I guess we'll see what happens in the next couple of weeks and see what kind of uh, fees are imposed. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was going to say it's interesting because, Michael, I think you sent me a, a post of a uh, host, an individual host, smaller operator, hasn't been paid out for months. So she has like $100,000 of, of uh, owner payouts as well, not just her own you know, percentage that she takes home. But she's got 100 k wrapped up in Airbnb that she is going out of business for because they say, oh, be patient. Our trust team is going to is gonna take care of this. Yeah. yeah. So like my thing is if you are driving bookings and you're great at your job at doing that, then you need to fulfill on the back end of that because a host like her can't like she doesn't care if she's getting bookings now because she's not getting paid. So yeah, exactly. if I'm not getting, if I'm not getting paid, I don't want to, I don't want to do it. Um, yeah, especially my owners. Has, that you care about the small business or the small host or the individuals and also do that on the other side. I, I wonder, I wonder how much of it is a staffing issue and they just don't have heads to respond to people or how much is designed. Like brand, you mentioned not getting paid out on parties. That's by design. The insurance arm of Airbnb is like every other insurance company. For sure. You're going to have to jump through 10 hoops, walk up a, a ladder backwards. Like it doesn't matter. Um, but at, at the end of the day, like they, you have, if you're going to tout, we support hosts and you support the small business owners, then, you know, give them the money. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's it's been rough, and we we'll try not to go into this whole episode of digging on Airbnb, but it's <laughs> it's it's kind of some it's stuff so like <laughs> it's so easy, and it's just like why yeah for the biggest you know travel company out there they they should have their uh, excuse my French their shit together a little bit more when it comes to just this yeah I I think it needs to be more of a partnership the way that they're going about it is so wrong and and yeah they drive bookings but. At the end of the day, there's really no other value outside of. Well, you, that, you say right that, now. but again, I'll play. I'll play both sides of the fence here because I'll I'll bash <laughs> on it, but then I'll also support it. As a traveler, fantastic. You know, oh yeah. You don't want to show yeah, up and have your host. First of all, as a traveler, don't book with single hosts because the risk of these things happening is higher. The risk of yeah. non-standardization is higher. So coming in the industry, I know to book with professionals. But as a traveler, like, you know, all the things that Airbnb is doing, it's a great thing. And that's why they get bookings because you can make up any reason and Airbnb will back your side as a traveler and, and kind of screw over the, the property manager. The and you know, I've actually, like, I obviously in my like friends and family, they know that I'm now in this industry and I have helped people get out of crazy situations. Cause I'm like, I know exactly <laughs> what you need to say. And also like as a traveler, the interface is great. I mean, I totally, it is kind of, I, it's a love and frustration relationship. I won't say hate, mm -hmm. but like I totally, from a traveler's perspective, it's amazing. Yeah. Well, not to not to give a too much of a sneak peek into next week's episode, but we have a guest uh, joining us named Mark. He's the founder of Minoan. And we talked about on um, on our Slick Talk podcast like a couple weeks ago, how, you know, like Amazon patented the one click purchase, like one click done the buy now. Like it's they patent that whole thing. And I think Airbnb is on that track of like, Click, click, boom. It's like three what, clicks. two to three clicks? Yeah, three clicks three to clicks. get um, to get booked. So 
compared to any Shopify, uh, Etsy, any other like even like vacation rentals. If you look at the make a direct booking, it takes like, oh, I would say up to 20 clicks, if not more uh, Mm -hmm. to get all of your information filled out. Unless you're like me, I have my like autofiller thing. So I just type in my name and hopefully all the other fields will get filled in. Um, (laughs) But it's still it's uh, if they don't get filled in, it's a lot of work. And, you know, um, I even posted something uh, on Instagram the other day that a lot of people reacted to, which was uh, if your website says call for pricing, I would rather just never think or see your website ever again <laughs> just because like people just want to book and get it done like they want the information right there so um yeah it's gonna be you know it's gonna be interesting that you know as we saw like verbo become the top 10 most downloaded or the top downloaded travel app and also their stuff like are they actually going to be driving real value outside of just bookings because the guest yeah. side that's easy but i would say What's the other perk from from our side of the the, the uh, Brandy? Spectrum. Anecdotally speaking, that, that was one of our topics last week. Would love to know if Sexton has seen it. Last year, Hopper was touting like the most downloaded app, yada yada. The past six months, it's been Verbo. Has there been any transition of fewer bookings on Airbnb and more on Verbo or more on Hopper? No. Not at all. Um, I don't know the Hopper data right off the top of my head um, because that kind of just went live in their Miami market um, recently. But with Verbo, we get almost 10 times as many Airbnb bookings as Verbo. And that's been consistent since January, um, at least for this year. And so, I mean, we're getting minimal, minimal bookings. And it's, you know, we're an urban operator. We have some single family homes or a couple of unique penthouses and those do really well on Verbo. But I just think that our product isn't really what, you know, people are looking for on that site. I'll be curious now that you're, you know, more people are downloading it if we do see that shift, but it would take a lot for Verbo to supersede Airbnb for us. Yeah. Yeah. Totally agree. As makes sense. It makes sense. Like we have you know, single family homes near Seattle and those do really well on Verbo because usually the traveler is a married couple coming to visit their kid that's graduating from WSU or they're doing a family reunion. They're more or less like that group booking travel mm-hmm. where it's like there for an event rather than like a romantic getaway or just even a, a work remote trip um, versus like the Airbnb, like in Ver- our uh, one property in, uh, in uh, Kissimmee is heavy Airbnb. Like we don't get any Verbo. It's like yeah. the point is almost kind of Even pointless to have that channel on. Yeah. For me, it's, it's we haven't seen any Verbo bookings come and like they're both optimized for each channel. So huh. I don't know. It's very interesting. Could be a fluke. Could be the, uh, what, the very, like the, what do you call the outlier? Could be a very much mm-hmm. an outlier case, but um, yeah, we'll see. But uh, yeah, I would love for any of our live audience members. We've got quite a few of you tuning in, sending in comments. Uh, Paula from Brazil. We got Andrew from the Isle of Man. And we got quite a few other people on. So we'd love to hear your thoughts uh, because obviously this is an interactive show. So you can always uh, comment below on the live stream, wherever you're at. If you're listening to the audio version of the replay, you can always send us a message on uh 
any of your favorite social media platforms. Um, any other thoughts before we wrap stuff up today from you two? No, I, um, we didn't even, even get into European travel. <laughs> I know. That was the, kind of the bummer. Well, European travel is great. And now's the time to go. Exactly. Yes. The dollar parity is very nice. You don't have to worry about bankrupting yourself on fancy dinners or anything. <laughs> Expect delays. Don't check a bag and be flexible with your travel. So exactly. <laughs> um, yes. More on that next yeah, week. I, I'm super interested and excited to track this muse thing. Um, I'm curious to learn what types of businesses they're looking for. Um, and my guess is they've already invested in a couple and they're kind of try and, and, uh, get a news cycle going around it since this just went out. But I think, uh, I think it could be good for the industry at a time when it's going to be challenging for the early stage, non-profitable companies to, to build and grow. Hopefully they're going with companies that have uh, that are more for the operator side rather than just the data side. I think data is great and we love it, but we definitely should see more investment on the actual tools that help operations because that will help revenue and that will help all the other stuff that goes. Or or so. niche hotel brands. I know a great one that they could probably put some money into. Hundred uh, <laughs> percent. We'll talk. <laughs> awesome. Well. Uh, Exciting first episode with you, Brandy. I know again, yeah. we didn't get to the European travel, but just wanted to say we're super excited to have you as our co-host and uh, joining us uh, throughout the next coming months. Can't wait to actually do this in person at Verma. That would oh, be awesome. Yeah. I know. So, yeah, on the Book in Direct show in Miami. So we got a lot, lot to look forward to. I know. I can't. A conference in my hometown. That's zero travel time is perfect. Yes. <laughs> oh, but that's the worst because then you have like your home responsibilities too yeah that is true well my home responsibilities are taking care of a cat so it's minimal yeah. work <laughs> Very <laughs> minimal work but she's got a great list of food or yeah like restaurants and bars mm -hmm. and all this stuff so i'm expecting some uh, a little bit of a tourism kind of like play oh here. yeah i'm yeah, ready yeah. to be a tour guide i'm i'm pretty good Perfect. at it <laughs> i love right. it i love it well, uh, again, yeah, thank you, Brandy. For all of our listeners watching live, thank you for tuning in and commenting and submitting like your, your comments and, and thoughts. Um, and we'll see you guys again next week. We do have a guest, uh, Mark, who is the founder of Minoan. The week after that, we have Jamie from AirDNA. So there's a lot to look forward to uh, in the next coming weeks. And we'll see you all again very soon.